can hear me? I'm on. <laughs> it's still on two screens, Drew, but we'll figure it out later. Thanks. Um, so last week, we didn't get quite as far as I was hoping, and I wasn't able to kind of wrap it up the way that I wanted to. Um, so I'm going to try to do that today. Uh, it's, it's kind of a big topic that we're in the middle of. Um, and, and now I'm a little worried because I've got both Jay and I've got Rob here. So between the two of them, I know we're talking about government. Yeah. <laughs> Jay, you've missed it for the last two weeks. Um, so yeah, if, if you haven't been here for the last two weeks, we've been kind of stuck on government, where it comes from, why we need it, where it gets its authority, what's our responsibility to it, etc. Um, I'm hoping we can move on from it after this week, but we'll see. So let me pray, and we'll get started. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for um, who you are to us, Lord, that you are the one who gives us direction through this life by your spirit. You are the one who directs us in all things, um, and Lord, as we submit ourselves to you, paths become very clear, um, and so help us to submit our, our uh, understanding to you today. Help, uh, help us by your spirit to understand your word and um, how it applies uh, in our day-to-day our -day life and just in this context that we live in currently. Um, I thank you for each one here and ask that you would um, just enlighten all of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so uh, we're in Ecclesiastes 8. Um, we haven't moved much lately. Um, I didn't include verse 1 this time, so, um, but we're going to go ahead and read. I'll go ahead and read verses 1 through 6 because it um, is kind of part of the context, so. Who is like the wise man, and who knows the interpretation of a matter? A man's wisdom illumines him and causes his stern face to beam. I say, keep the command of the king because of the oath before God. Do not be in a hurry to leave him. Do not join in an evil matter, for he will do whatever he pleases. Since the word of the king is authoritative, who will say to him, what are you doing? He who keeps a royal command... Ex, uh, ex, experiences no trouble, for a wise heart knows the proper time and procedure. For there's a proper time and procedure for every delight, though a man's trouble is heavy upon him. All right, so I'm going to recap what we covered last week. Um, you may not be able to read that, but I'm just kind of going to kind of read through them. Uh, I wanted to try to get it all on one page, so there it is. So here's kind of where I felt we went last week, what we covered. Uh, it's not easy to know how we should interact with government. Wisdom is required. I think that's kind of what that verse 1, part of what that's saying. Um, number two, government is a result of the need for authority. God was the authority in the garden. Man rejected God's authority, sinned, and introduced chaos into the order that God had created. Three, because of the disorder and chaos, not only in nature but also in mankind, people banded together for protection, started as family groups, then clans, then tribes, and so on. Each of these groups would have inevitably have one person with the final say, i.e. the governor, the authority person in, in that uh, group. Number five, in Israel, initially God was the king. But Israel rejected God as their king and chose to have a human king instead, even after being warned that it would not go well for them. Number six, the king 
was supposed to be a good example for the people, but regardless of his, of his example, the people were supposed to follow God and his laws, not the king. And number seven, in rejecting God and demanding a king, the people said this, no, but there shall be a king over us that we may also be like all the nations, that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. And that's in 1 Samuel chapter 8. So Israel wanted to give up the authority they had and give it to a king and let him be the one to make all the big decisions in their lives. All right? So that's kind of what we covered last week. Any questions, concerns? What are you talking about? Okay. Huh? Thank you. Um, so that brings us to where we are today. So people... I believe because of our sinfulness, tend to want others to make decisions for them and do things for them, defend them, do these things. And eventually, it seems to work out if you watch the progression of societies, people eventually want these people who are in charge to give them free stuff. That seems to be kind of a. I was going to add, as long as it's in their interest. Right, yes. They want someone else to do it. Yes, as long as they keep doing it the way they want them to. You know, um, I remember there was a, a guy I worked for, and his wife would say, kept telling him that he had unrealistic expectations. And he would talk about this and talk about this. I worked for him for a few years, and finally I realized, Steve, what your unrealistic expectation is is that you expect everybody to do, this, to do things the same way you do. So, yeah, we put people in charge, and we are shocked when they don't do things the way that we expect and want them to do them. Um, okay, so I think that a lot of this flows out of the fact that the natural state of a large segment of humankind is laziness, physically and mentally. There are a lot of people who will um, endure a great deal of inconvenience and even oppression as long as they don't have to make too many decisions if they can just kind of go about their day. One way to control people is through the threat of punishment and death. That certainly, you see that in North Korea, places like that. Another way is to give them just enough of what they want to keep them fat and happy. Satan and his minions, and by his minions I don't just mean demons, but those who would allow themselves to be used by him, tend to give people what they want and slowly take away their freedoms a little bit at a time, giving them just enough of what they want to keep them subservient. Do you see any truth of this in our society? Do you, yeah, do you see any of that in yourself? Sure, yeah, I mean... How many of us have said, just leave me alone, let me do my thing, you know, and not recognizing that while I'm saying that, there's a lot going on that I don't like. But as long as I can kind of do my thing, I'm sort of okay with it. Um, so that's how I think our sin nature affects our desire for government or leadership, Okay. So last week when we were talking, we, I, I went through very quickly 
uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, and I want to go back and revisit it because I feel like I kind of rushed through that. So um, I'll put it up on the screen here in just a second. I think in it, Peter tells us to submit ourselves to governing authorities, and it seems pretty clear that he's talking about secular government here. So verse 9 and 10, and I kind of went through it backwards last week to kind of build an argument, but I'm going to go through it frontwards this time. You're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So what does this passage say about us as believers? What does it tell you about yourself as a believer? Okay. Where we belong to what before? Okay. We were orphans before. We were not children of God. We were not, we did not belong to the Heavenly Father. Um, He's taken us from being nothing, from not really belonging anywhere, from being outcasts and orphans to being adopted by the God of the universe. That's a big deal. And what's the purpose of this? Says it right there. Proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of the dark. So it's to proclaim his excellencies. We can shout about his goodness, crow about all that he has done to us and for us. um, And that's one of the reasons he saved us, so that we can, and that is our witness. Right. Right. In so doing, is it possible for us to shift the focus? Is it possible for us to start to take our eyes off of him and what he's done and start to shift the focus to me? I think not only possible, but likely. Likely. Yes. So, Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts, which wage war against the soul. Keep your behavior behavior excellent among the Gentiles, so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. So what might be the fleshly lust that Peter is concerned about? Based on the verses prior that we could lose our focus on giving God the glory and we start to become conceited. We start to become arrogant, thinking that I'm all that because God saved me. He wouldn't save just anybody. He'd save somebody special like me. And we start to become arrogant. Peter knows that as soon as he reminds us of our status as God's children, we're very likely to become arrogant, conceited. So he has to warn us against that. And remind us that we're aliens, strangers and exiles yeah. in this world. Right. Yeah. Remind us of who we are so that we don't get conceited, right? Who we are in God first, but then who we are in the world so that we don't, I think, take this world too much, put too much stock in this world. You know? That too. 
Yeah. So then he goes to submit yourself for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as the one in authority or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who, are, who do right. For such is the will of God that by doing right you may silence the ignorant of foolish, ignorance of foolish men. Act as free men and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. So when we read these verses in context, what does Peter seem to be warning us against? Selfishness? Yeah. Why? What would be our motivation for that? Right. Not to get and what's it based in? It's, it's based in our relationship to God. But what's, what's the motivation for, doing, for, for rebelling? The motivation for rebelling is to serve ourselves, right? Right, it's pride, right? What does submission to government look like? Does it mean doing what you're told by the government? Huh? Say that again. Okay. Uh, yeah. Right. 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 When it's going to harm the, the lost sheep, right. then you speak up because the authority is God's. Right. Not the, so, so that's where I think, you know, in the world now where we've got a whole bunch of tensions and, you know, where there is a challenge to God's authority and trying to put man on the throne of God right. in terms of things. Right. I think that's an area where we probably should speak up, you know, mm-hmm. and be vocal because it's leading Right. down a path of trusting in humanity in, in opposition to God. Right. right. Let me keep building the, the case. Did I see it, Amy? Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. And let me put these. One more thing, Jeff. I think our number one rule is to love God. Right. Our number two rule is to love others. Right. Not ourselves. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Yeah. Uh, That's not where I wanted to be. Um, So back in Ecclesiastes, uh, read verses two through four with me. I say, keep the command of the king because of the oath before God. Do not be in a hurry to leave him. Do not join in an evil matter, for he will do whatever he pleases, since the word of the king is authoritative, who will say to him, what are you doing? So I think we need to acknowledge that there's a tension here. In these verses, there's, there's a tension. 
We know there is, but we tend to want to land on one side or the other. We like things black and white. We like to be able to say, this is the good guy, this is the bad guy. This is always what I'm supposed to do, this is what I'm never supposed to do. We like those kind of things. Um, we like to be dogmatic. Um, these people are right, these people are wrong. And I'm critical of those who don't, don't land on my side. That, that's tend to, that tends to be how we like to operate. We like to say Zelensky is a saint, Putin is evil. We like to be able to say that. Um, and we're hearing that a lot from the media. I'm going to camp on this for just a second. Um, the same media, I might add, who lied to us for two years about COVID. So I would just encourage you to be critically thinking about how things are being portrayed on the other side of the world. Um, is it possible that they're both bad guys? It really is. But I like it when there's a good guy and a bad guy. It makes things so much easier for me, right? I know who to cheer for. I know who to say, let's send weapons to, or I know who to say, let's be on this guy's side and let's not be on the other guy's side. I like it when it works out that way. World isn't that way. World's full of a bunch of sinners. So just, just think critically. Yes. Yes. Um, so another one, you should always obey or you should not do anything you don't feel comfortable with. So these tensions are here. Solomon says, don't be in a hurry to leave him. Don't be in a hurry to leave the king. Why? Because his word is authoritative, okay? He will do what he wants, and no one can really question him. So just obey, right? Not necessarily. But be prepared for the consequences of disobedience. And before you just buck the government, make sure to weigh the motives of your heart. Weigh what it's going to cost. Understand that disobedience is going to cost something, most likely. But also weigh your heart. What, what's the motivation here? Is it just that I don't like it? Or is it that there's really something that, that's wrong. Um, I brought this up last week, and I don't want to go through the whole thing because of time, but let me ask again, are there any actions recorded in Scripture that would help us flesh out what Peter was saying? I went to Acts chapter 4 and chapter 5. I'm not going to go through the whole thing again, but in, in those two verses we see, in those two um, chapters, we see Peter and John disobeying the authorities by going and preaching Christ and saying, you know, this is reality and, and people are turning to him and the, the, the Jewish authorities are angry and jealous and frustrated and all these things. And, um, and you see it a couple of different times and I'm just going to put up this one. Um, nope. All right, something got screwed up in that first part. Um, they took his advice, and after calling the apostles in, they flogged them and ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and then released them. So they went on their way from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they had been considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. And every day 
In the temple and from house to house, they kept right on teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. What did their reaction show? Remorse? Joy. Were they, um, did they seem to be upset that they had upset the, the uh, Jewish authorities? No. They, they wasn't, it wasn't really on their radar at all. It wasn't that they were thumbing their nose at them and saying, see, ha, huh, you got no authority over us. It wasn't that at all, was it? Yeah. Yeah. And Jesus wasn't expressing hostility toward them, going, I don't like you, so I'm going to, you know, get in your face, I'm going to do these things. It's like, I don't like the things that you're doing. You know, the things that you're doing are not bringing people to the, to the kingdom. You know, I'm, I'm correcting these things that are, that are not right. Um, so, so these guys were like, we're going to keep pre- preaching Jesus because that's the right thing to do, because that's what the world needs, you know? Um, so how do we marry Ecclesiastes 8, 1 Peter 2, and then Peter and John's actions in Acts 4 and 5? There's a lot going on here. Right? Porter, were you? Right. Agreed. It's not always that cut and dried. You know, we get into those gray areas, and that's, that's the hard thing. Um, yes, sir. Absolutely. And, yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Jim? Right. 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 Yeah. Right. Which is one of the reasons I'm trying to pull in the, the New Testament to talk about, you know, what, are, what does that look like as followers of Christ? Because, um, and, and I know Rob, when, you know, two weeks ago was talking about in the Romans passage, that's, you know, talking about uh, the, the uh, religious authority, not the, you know, governing authority. 
I'm curious, Rob, on, and I should have probably asked you this during the week instead of asking you Sunday morning, but, but here we go. Um, how do you see First Peter? Do you see that that's talking about government or... Okay. Right. Okay. Right. And that's what I think he's advising them, okay, so don't go into that, even though it's okay by the government authority. Right. Don't not do that, but still respect them as their authority. That's the, the classic example here is New Tech 7 for Benningdale, saying we're not going to go bow down, but king, we live forever. Maybe we did, we're still respecting Yes. Them. They weren't just ripping them off and saying no. Right. Yep. Agreed. Yes. Right. Yes. There's consequences on either side. Well, Absolutely. I think a lot of the fear of the judgment that we would get placed on this group by people right. because of judgment. Right. And I think I think that you know the fear of I think as believers sometimes we allow the fear of what the government could do to us to keep us from doing what God would have us do. To to you know, bring people to Christ to share what is true, um, we go, well, the school system says I can't, you know, can't say God's name. And, you know, telling a student that? No, there's a problem with that, you know. Um, Porter? Right. 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 Finding, you know, finding those lines of what, what is appropriate and what's not, you know, when you start talking about a vaccine, I think it's not quite as cut and dried. That's my Stuart. <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs>
Right. Right. It matters a lot all of a sudden. It is hard. And again, I think we, we run up against gray areas where it's like, and you're right, we, you know, it, it's death by about a thousand, what's that, death, death by a thousand? Death by a thousand cuts. Yeah, by a thousand cuts. You know, it, we, you know, we've allowed all these little things and we go, should I have allowed all those little things or not? Right. And yet riot is seldom resistance. And I think that's part of what's solving the resistance issue. Because um, he didn't necessarily say never go against the government. He right. Says, take care in going against the government because it does not serve the greatest interest. Right. And, um, and he's, he's saying don't get caught up in the bandwagon of all the people that are killing and tortured. Right. Right. Yeah. Are they doing it the right way? Right. But on the other hand, just because they're doing it the wrong way doesn't mean I shouldn't do anything. You know, do I? And again, that's one of those areas where we get, we get so tied up in, well, they're doing it the wrong way, therefore I shouldn't do it. It's like, well, no, just because it's do, being done the wrong way doesn't mean it shouldn't be protested, shouldn't be... Right. 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 
Well, and I think I think when you you know when we think back to the the second Peter or the first Peter chapter two, you know, do these things so that they see Christ in you. I think is really what he's getting at. You know, it, I I think of I remember Charlie tell, uh, telling the story of uh, Satish John in India, who's the director of the the school over there, um, the center over there, and how you know. Nothing happens in India without a bribe. I mean, literally nothing happens in India without a bribe or unless God's involved. And, and Satish made the commitment, I'm not, I'm not doing that. That's not, I don't think that honors God to, to play in that, um, that system. And so the school wanted to build something and there's a tree in the way and you got to go to the government to ask, can we cut the tree down, um, which I know... Rob would say that's an overreach of government for sure. I think we'd all agree with that one. Um, but, you know, so the guy's going, you know, I'm sure we can make that happen, you know. <laughs> Basically, where, where's, where's the money? He's like, we don't do that. Well, too bad. It's not going to happen, you know. And he's like, all right, we're going to go pray about it. They went and prayed about it, and within a short amount of time, the tree blew over. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so, so doing things the right way for the right reason, even if it means bucking or going against government, if we do it in the right way, people start to see the Lord. If we do it the wrong way, if we riot and, and you know, are throwing Molotov co- cocktails because nothing's happening, or paying a bribe, you know, whatever those things look like, it no longer glorifies God, it glorifies me. I, you know, I'm acting out of my frustration and anger, and, and so I think that's the, where we've got to be careful. And as Linnell was talking, I'm thinking, I think we need to be talking to one another, talking to other people who also have the Spirit of Christ in them, because my, my flesh is battling with the Spirit all the time. My flesh is saying, oh, no, you need to do this because, you know, you need to be glorified, you know, you need to be noticed and, and all these kind of things where the Spirit is saying Jesus needs to be glorified, you know. John, yes, sir. Good example. Mm-hmm. Um, when John MacArthur was there, his warning was cut down your Nathanaeum. Right. Well, that's clearly an unlawful order. Right. It wouldn't have just been you. If they did it the right way. Yeah. Then it worked out as it, as it did. Right. Now, if they had told him you can no longer keep your, nights, your lights on at night, Okay. I know it's you know, okay, we can't keep our lights on at night, you know. Or some arbitrary kind of thing, you go, I think that's dumb, but it's you know, I'm gonna abide by it. It's not that big of a deal. Or does that become the, the death by a thousand cuts? I you know, we can we can make that argument, and I think you know, Rob's over here, you know, nodding. <laughs> but I do think that, you know, where do we how do we glorify Christ? in the midst of what we're doing. And that's the question I think we have to ask, not where, you know, and we have to ask, what am I do? what are the things that I'm doing that are just trying to glorify myself? Yeah. Right. Well, I think, yeah, I do think that's part of it. I think the other part of it is the fact that we brought sin into the world makes everything complicated. You know, we invited sin in, and guess what? Nothing simple anymore, right? 
Um, okay, let me let me keep going. I'm going to kind of we may have kind of covered some of this, but I'm going to try to. Um, don't laugh at me, Porter. Um, so just just to help kind of think through some things, I asked some questions. Do we do you derive any benefits from the government? Yeah. So do we owe anything to those who govern? Sure. What do we owe them? Taxes. Yeah. We also owe them respect. You know. Um, uh, as a believer in Jesus Christ, what responsibility do you have before God to the government? I think humility. You know, doing what I can to not make their job more difficult and also showing them Jesus. Demonstrating what it looks like to be submitted to Christ first and then, my, then them second and myself last, which is what Kevin was getting to earlier. If we will put Christ first and self last, then we will be the witness we need to be and can be to government. Um, and when the king tells you you have to put him first, um, you, in submission and humility, say, I'm sorry, I cannot. Or you simply do what is right before Christ and, and do not make a big scene of it, accepting the potential consequences. See, I believe that um, 2 Peter Chapter 2, I don't remember if I put those up there again or not. No. Um, but 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 15 and 16, a great description of Daniel and how he dealt with the law of the land. Daniel didn't make a big scene when he's told you have to pray to the king, uh, you know, rather than to God. He just did the same thing he'd been doing all the time, which was what he knew he was supposed to do before the Lord. He opened up his windows, he prayed just like he always did, and they said, hey, you can't do that, and they haul him off. But he wasn't, he wasn't thumbing his nose at anybody. He's just saying this is the right, this is what's right. Um, all right. I'm considering one through four to be done. <laughs> I'm going to read verses five and six right quick, and we'll see if we can uh, wrap up a whole five verses today. He who keeps a royal command experiences no trouble, for a wise heart knows the proper time and procedure. For there is a proper time and procedure for every delight, though a man's tr trouble is heavy upon him. So again, I think these two verses seem to square very well with 1 Peter 2 and Romans 13 and Daniel's story. Daniel could have avoided trouble with the king by simply not being faithful to God. That's pretty simple. A lot of people that do that. But a wise heart knows who to put as the priority. Knowing the right way to deal with the powers that be, focusing not on what I want, but on Christ and how I can best represent Him, either by obedience to man or by disobedience to man, but obedience to God. Um, in verse 16 of 1 Peter 2, it says, Act as free men... And do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God. So a good question to ask yourself is, do I agree, um, yeah, do I agree with the government when I don't get to do the things I want to do? Um, sorry, do I, do I disagree, or sorry, do I get angry with the government when I don't, I got to learn how to read again. Uh, do I get angry with the government when I don't get to do the things I want to do? 
when things become inconvenient for me? Are those the times I get mad? Do these things cause me to rebel? What's the focus when I get angry like that? I am. So I've got to check my heart attitude. I've got to ask myself, what is the motivation? Where should my, vote, my, where should my focus be? Penny? We do have a king. Absolutely. Yep. 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 And sometimes it gets gray. <laughs> Yeah. That they were considered worthy to worthy have suffer for Christ. Suffer. Yeah. You know, so, yes, there is pain. Yeah. There can be joy. There can be joy in that too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think that's kind of what this is alluding to in Ecclesiastes. You know, take it into, to your point earlier, take it into consideration. Uh, you know, but um, there can be joy in suffering. Right. Yeah. Um, so, Peter and John, their, their focus was on Christ. We kind of talked about this earlier, but did Jesus follow every man-made rule or law? No, he didn't. Um, The Pharisees criticized him and his disciples for not following their traditions and the laws they had set in place. Um, They were the religious rulers of their day. All right, so here's my conclusion. God has given us freedom, true freedom through Christ. Freedom unlike anything the world knows. True freedom. How are you using your freedom? Are you using your freedom to claim the authority to do what you want, including complaining about those in government who aren't doing what you want? Are you offering criticism but no solutions? Are you a Pharisee, you know all the answers, but you won't lift a finger to help? I'm afraid that describes me sometimes, um, more than I'd like to admit. If we're not going to get involved, then we really don't have the right to complain when those who, have pla- who, those who, who we have placed in power or allowed to get into power use that powers and wa- power in ways we don't like. Or are you using your freedom to put yourself last and put Christ first, trusting him to walk with you through any conflict with anyone in authority? Are you exercising your freedom to be humble and submissive And like we said, first to our king. It's a complicated issue. It's not as simple as we'd like to. That's why we've, now we've been on this for like three weeks. But I think it was worth it. I think it's a good exercise, and I think it's worth worth spending some time on. Yes, sir? Right. The problem there, though, why are they confused? They were, they were using the law to earn their righteousness. Right. Which is impossible. Right. And he was beaten five times by seven nice stripes. Right. Which left his back exposing his ribs. Right.
Yeah. Yeah, Daniel was raised to a very high position in the nation and was, you know, really given a lot of accolades and things like that. And, and yeah, you read Paul's list of here's all I've been through, you know, shipwrecked and, you know, all these different things that he's gone through. Um, there's, no, there's no guarantee of, the only guarantee is that on the other side, we get to see Jesus, you know, there's peace and there's, right, yeah, yeah, so. All right. Israel, will you pray for us? Thanks.